Well, hello there. Hi. How are you, Katie? I'm doing right, my love. How are you doing? You know, it's going. <laughs> still going. <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Oh man. Ah. So was, hopefully, we'll be going better soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's you know. <laughs> I'm I'm being hopeful here. Um. um mm-hmm. uh, how was how was your week so far? Is it good? Yeah, it's going all right. You know, um, uh, my dog's feeling a bit iffy at the moment, so I'm mm. a bit worried about her. But she's um, hopefully she'll be a, a better in the coming days. Yes, but other gonna... than that, doing all right. <laughs> good. I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for the doggy because she's cute. So cute. Yeah, she's lovely. Yes. Um. So, uh, do you want to do the the introduction? Oh yes, that whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> hi everybody. Welcome to all the films we judged before. I am Katie, and that is Lily Kay. Not Troy Baker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am still, you know, we are trying, but it, I'm still not trying. <laughs> I put you the know, beanie on. Like but... We've got a, you know, a pretty special guest who's in, close enough, <laughs> and uh, some would say even better than uh, dear old Troy. Mm. Are you, oh, you're yeah. teasing. You're teasing, Katie. I am you're teasing. teasing. Okay, I, I think we should get on with this as, as um as quickly as possible. So yes, I, go for it. Go? I introduced uh, Ricky, so it's your turn now. Okay, well, uh, we're very excited to have um, Jeffrey Pierce with us today. Uh, who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here I am. There he is. Hi, Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm Troy Baker, but <laughs> <laughs> nah. Like I said, some would say even better. We would yes. say even better here. <laughs> well, I am honored, but th- there is only one Troy Baker, and, and we, <laughs> we bow down. Him. <laughs> we can do that. We can. It, I'm sure he would appreciate that. <laughs> oh, how are you doing? How are you? Oh, I'm doing alright. How are you doing? You know, it's uh, still the the pandemic, uh, the uh, the G-rated version of the Last of Us, uh, living mm. yep. and and hoping for a for a for a better ending. <laughs> One well, certainly hope. I hope so. <laughs> I, I somehow I do not want to live in that world. I. I don't know why, but it's it's not very appealing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah even <laughs> I know where you get even, that idea from. Yeah, you know what, what could be what could be better? The freedom, freedom. Yeah, uh, it is a uh, uh, yeah. Things are things are interesting, uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, yeah, I guess safety is the uh, is the uh, barometer of whether things are going well or not. So. Feel safe and staying safe and wearing Absolutely. a mask and trying to take care of uh, myself and my family and friends and and uh, and keep it that way until they they get it under under control. But oh yes, yeah. yeah. that yeah. is unfortunately the world we're all living in right now. <laughs> where where are you at the moment? Are you, are you in the U.S. still? Yeah, I'm in Georgia. Yeah, still in the ah, U.S. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in a. Oh, uh, probably about the time this podcast airs. Yeah, roughly around that time, I think, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they may be competing with some other news uh, in the United States. uh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody pointed out to me that as as of the time we're recording this, it's about two weeks away. And I went, Christ, where did the time go? Yeah, well, the the time could not pass faster. I'm ready for it to be here and done and get this uh, mess of a human being. Somewhere getting the help that he needs. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you're right there. So we we are we are hopeful. Uh, hmm. I was pretty hopeful in 2016 too, but <laughs> yeah. I I feel like there's an element of of understanding how much is at stake this time because I feel like last time in 2016 everybody was kind of like, oh, it's it's so obvious that she's going to win, it's going to be fine. 
that it, that kind of sort of it it, it wasn't that obvious yeah. attitude is the reason why we've had such a strange four years mm. um yeah. even us I, in the uk it's been a, you know it, the the ripple effects have definitely been seen sure well uh, yeah. when you when you tout yourself as the greatest democracy that's ever lived and mm. then you take all of the norms that that democracy pres- provides mm. away, uh, you start to understand how easily it can slip and how mm. the, you know, without, I mean, watching Obama speak yesterday. Yes. And yeah. he's just, you know, regardless of what your politics are, he's a statesman and he's mm. a gentleman mm-hmm. and he's thoughtful and yeah. charismatic and, and held on to norms, which he could have not held on to yeah to his benefit yeah um and so uh yeah the, the i don't think that there's a more stark contrast to be made between the two the gentlemen who are up position right now and and i'm hopeful that we can get back to having a democracy that is en route to fulfilling what a democracy ought to be. although we haven't i mean historically mm-hmm. we uh, uh have fallen short of being this great uh, people powered, which mm. is what democracy means yeah. in Greek. Uh, we have not lived up to that. Yeah, uh, but but we can. We could. It'd be a better it's world possible. if we did. Yep, absolutely. It's yeah, a, it's such a so crazy we'll system. Uh, talk to me <laughs> November fourth or fifth. We'll know if it's actually working <laughs> or not. Uh, absolutely. I I keep yeah. wondering if uh, what what would have happened if uh, our dear friend Kanye West is staying in there. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not saying it would be any better. It's just yeah, I, uh, I, I don't. Uh, it, look, it, it goes. It's historical. It's human. Like this narcissism and the idea of, you know, there is truth to the idea that anybody who wants that kind of power mm. should immediately be barred from having. Absolutely. Um, yep. But you look at you know Octavius Caesar. You look at Caligula. These are the the idea of having power over everybody. Mm. is intoxicating and it brings sick people right to uh to the roost you know they they feel mm. very at home with the idea of if i controlled everybody everything yeah. would be okay yeah. uh, it's uh it's terrifying but this is this is who we are yeah uh, we are looking at a reflection of ourselves as uh, the whole of humanity right now yeah in a way, definitely. I'm going to make a really smooth segue and say you seem to be very um, interested in history, which I'm getting a lot from your book that you've written, which yes. is part of the reason why you're here to, uh, with us today to talk about your, the, your book, which I've got literally right here. It is. I have it right there. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, we were just saying before we started this that I'm, I'm about 80-ish pages in at the moment. And what I've been noticing is that, you, one, you've got a lot of languages in there, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, so much, like French and German kind of being spattered out all over the place. Yeah. But you seem to have a, a great interest in history, uh, which comes through a lot in the writing. Is that, um, was that part of why you wanted to write it in this time period? Or do you actually, you know, before we go any further, do you want to tell us what the book is about so that yes, we, please. You know, everybody watching can them? Uh, sure. Uh, it is um, it is a horror uh, drama, I, mm. I guess, uh, mm-hmm. set in uh, squarely in the middle of uh, the the First World War in 1917. Yep. Um, and the sort of concept is that uh, on uh, Good Friday of 1917, a biblical apocalypse erupts. 
Mm. And sort of the idea is that the tipping point of uh, man's inhumanity to man uh, reaches that uh, uh, juncture and falls off the cliff. And whatever supernatural forces exist in the universe decide to end uh, the human experience. Um, and the mode of doing that is that the uh, dispossessed souls of every uh, uh, evil human over the course of human history, 70,000 years of, of uh, Homo sapiens, rises up uh, in, in the bodies of the dead, takes possession of those bodies, and goes on a killing spree. And people are being hunted down and, uh, and killed for their specific sins. So the uh, idea of the recompense, the reckoning, or the crimes that you've committed uh, comes wow. to life. Um, Hence the title. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that, you know, I mean, it, it's sort of a you know, little bit Dante's Inferno, uh, mm. uh, and a little bit uh, 1917, and, uh, uh, and, and the, the fun thing about it as a writer is the opportunity to really travel into history uh, at the same time and go really down these rabbit holes more and more over the course of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so yeah, um, that's, that's the basic idea. <laughs> it, uh, as, as I said, uh, I am a slow reader, so I am not at the point where Katie is. Uh, but what I said to Katie is uh, uh, that uh, for now I am confused, but in a good way. <laughs> like, you know, mm -hmm. like I am trying to figure out that how it will all come together because I've, how I figured it out is that it, it goes on different timelines. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, for example, I, I cannot place my hand as of who is the main character or who's the protagonist of, of, of the book, which I like because it's a new experience. Like, you know, in, other, yeah. in, in a lot of books, you, you immediately know that, you know, okay, that's, that's our protagonist. And, and here I, I like that I am not sure yet. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of have a feeling. And, uh, you know, I think my question is, is that was that a decision that you made at the beginning that, you know, it's you're not going to make it that obvious as, as to who to look up to. But much to the chagrin of a handful of publishers who read the book at first, they were like, well, you know, we don't know in the first 20 pages. We think we know who the protagonist is, but we can't tell. And then maybe that changes over the course of the book. Um, and yes, that, that's intentional. I, uh, I'm a, a, the, the first thing that I was ever told when I sort of uh, dipped my toe into writing uh, was a, a guy named David Milch who did all the NYPD blues and, and yes. uh, 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 the Western on HBO. And it was just a phenomenal mm. genius level writer. And he said, if you're going to write, look at Flannery O'Connor, read her short stories, understand the medium mm. from that place. Because she's able to, in, in 20 pages and 10 pages and 40 pages, establish an entire world and history for her characters uh, uh, that uh, is complete. We get a really complete understanding of who they are just from that simplicity. Yes. Um, and she, you know, the, the, uh, she's really, really very good at understanding in particular because she's from Savannah, Georgia, the Southern mm -hmm. mind, whether it's man, woman, regardless of, of race, she really gets in and, and creates uh, full body characters. And so as I approached this, I had ideas about who the, the protagonist was. Mm. And then over the course of it, I realized that if I'm successful, um, 
And if the book is successful, you know, and some people are like, I, I don't know who to follow. But I think that there's the opportunity for people to choose their own protagonist in the journey mm-hmm. and still be entertained and moved by uh, the sort of uh, journeys of everyone else. Yeah. And hopefully, ultimately, who the true protagonists are by the end of the five books. I just finished book two. That, 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 oh, okay. That's, uh, Congratulations. Book two's done. Yeah, only three to go. That's good times. <laughs> um, hopefully, by the end, uh, who, who uh, the protagonists are, are uh, a pleasant uh, surprise. Okay. Um, so that part of the sort of journey is do we lose people that you love along the way? Uh, and uh, at what cost uh, mm. do people survive? And continue on and mm. is there a way to find redemption things you've done yeah yeah, yeah. so are, are you like kind of like george R. R. martin and just gonna kill all our favorite characters off and be like ah, <laughs> fuck it <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, uh, he uh, he kills in an arbitrary way which which uh you know to a degree uh you have to admire uh, as as a writer like that mm. that is you are cutting down the tree like yep. the tree is cut down there's, yep. there's no going back there um, uh, but it, by the same token, that does get a little bit, becomes a blunt instrument over time. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he, he, uh, the thing that I admire most about him is his ability to create cliffhangers within the chapters. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly where to end it to make you want to come back and pick the book up again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I've been able to adapt some of that, uh, uh, because that's the essence of drama that you oh, yep. start one place, you end the opposite place and you want to know what comes next. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I was, I was saying to Lee, I've been quite enjoying the fact that the chapters aren't too long either. So I can kind of read a couple in an evening and then come back to it a little bit later. And feel yeah. like I've gotten like a lot out of it, even in the small amount that I have taken the time to read. Cause there are so many characters to kind of really, and you, you do do that thing where you, you go through and, um, give them all like a like a heavy amount of like backstory and understanding of who they are as people yeah uh, within a few short pages so it's like oh i'm okay I've, I've kind of got a handle on this person now and then like a page later they might be dead so it's like, yeah. Yeah. like oh okay so but I've, <laughs> I, I at no point have i felt this this is um uh unnecessary or anything it feels like everything that happens is going to lead up to something much later so i'm, I'm quite excited to see how that pays off oh yeah yeah I- Logic is a, is a really important uh, part of the process when you're doing something, I think, that has supernatural elements. Mm. As, a, as a viewer, if I watch a program or a movie and all of this, and, and we've got these fantastic ideas, but they don't end up connecting at a logic base, I get oh, yeah. really angry at the laziness yeah. of the writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, and, and it happens a lot. You know, so the, we got this brilliant idea. We're going to spend two hundred million dollars to make this thing, and it does not tie together. Absolutely. Like, wait a minute, why did no one discuss that? What, why? <laughs> why is no one talking about the insane thing that happened forty-five minutes ago in the show? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and so, hopefully, I'm able to uh, bring that criticism to my own work too. Mm. I, I hope so. <laughs> um, we we have to talk about these beautiful things in oh the book my God, yes. because oh, yeah. I am just blown away. And They're so gorgeous. So Honestly, gorgeous. Every time I turn, uh, turn onto a new chapter, I'm like, what's the artwork going to be like? <laughs> I, I have been blessed by uh, uh, 
since ninth grade in high school, a friendship with Jai, who's the, the artist who, who did these. Yes. And, uh, and I, I wasn't really clear on what I was going to get for cover art uh, at, the, at the beginning uh, from the publishers. Mm. And so in between, they're like, we're going to come up with a concept for what we think the cover could look like. Um, I discovered that Jai, who has never been an artist his entire life, was starting to paint. And I saw pieces of his work that were haunting and stunning just on Facebook. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I said, well, look, I, I would love to, to uh, hire you to just do a, a piece of cover art for me. Mm. And uh, he said, sure. And the next morning, he sent me the one that happens uh, in the prologue, Harry fucking Moss, just the, the yes, yes, yes. infantryman, uh, the sort of uh, that beautiful thing. Mm. And, uh, and at the same, like, 20 minutes after that, they sent me the cover art, which I really like, which I think captures the book in, in an exciting uh, way. And, the, the, mm. and I was like, well, now I have a piece of cover art, but man, if I had like 32 of, the, of these <laughs> Jai, that would be great. Mm. Um, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll send you a check. You know, I can't send a lot of money, but I can send some. He's like, yeah, whatever. And he gave, I mean, you can see the color versions on the website. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, uh, and uh, and and we are actually going to do color versions. We're going to do a Kindle version of the first book with color versions when the second book comes out. Okay, and the Wait. Kindle version will have color uh, versions of the paintings as well. But Jai, uh, unbeknownst to me or any of uh, our our friends, he and his sister were badly abused by their father, mm. and. Oh. Those memories were uh, suppressed in sort of the typical PTSD way where you just put that in a box. Yeah. Um, and I guess over the course of time with that type of abuse, uh, when it has not been expressed or talked about or acknowledged in the world, you sort of end up uh, um, on two tracks, the person you are day to day and the person who was abused. And those yeah. things tend to separate and it causes real, real problems um, over the course of time. Mm. Uh, and it is infuriating to think that that we didn't know about it, that we couldn't support him in that journey, that the 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 trauma and the shame of it was so painful for him. But it created a lot of problems for him over the course of his life uh, and to the point where he ended up uh, getting help. Yeah. and. And the help that he got uh, was art therapy. Hmm. And so they had him on high doses of, of medication. And, and he found that the only way that he could keep his hands steady enough to paint was to paint really fast. Mm -hmm. So he's got videos of him doing some of the, the art for the book. And it's just like, okay, you need a revolver. And he's just <laughs> done. And it's just perfect. And it's this, it's so intuitive. Uh, and expressive and just painful to, to you know, mm. it, it, it is haunting. Uh, mm. And so it's a perfect sort of uh, capture for the book. He's doing the art for book two right now. He's mm. got a massive show in Berlin right now, which he can't be at because of the oh, pandemic. No. Uh, but it's getting an incredible response. There's, they're, they're, uh, the critics in, in Berlin are comparing him to, to uh, Alfred Munch. Oh uh, the my scream. God. Oh, that's um, awesome. And, uh, and so it's really exciting to have been part of helping provoke him into doing more and more work. Yeah. Uh, and I'm yeah. Uh, 
blessed and, and honored by his friendship and, and the fact that he was willing to to do it and, and got him at a really good starting rate. <laughs> the, 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 the pain, the, the, I think the hardest thing, uh, it was difficult to promote a book in the middle of a pandemic because you can't yep. go to bookstores. Absolutely. Uh, and so the plan that we had made was to do a massive uh, art show, red carpet, mm. champagne, and do like a reading of the book in Los Angeles and have... Yeah. You know, uh, you know uh, the, the Troy Bakers and Ashley Johnsons of the world, and <laughs> and uh, uh, all my my dear friends come and and make an immediate event and be able to promote it in that yeah. way. Yes. And so it it was, I really was very disappointed that we weren't able to do something like that where people could come and see his art uh, mm. presented in a gallery format. Uh, but I'm very excited that it's sort of the Berlin art world is is one of my dogs. Aww. Um, has uh, 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 taken him uh, under his wing and sees what you all see in his work. Oh, yeah. it's it's it amazing. Really is like the most perfect uh, companion too, because um, I, I I think it elevates everything that it, every yep. time I I read something because it, it gives me something to kind of almost picture at the same time. It really it kind of encapsulates the entire mood mm. uh, and helps um, give it like a, another level. Uh, which is not something you always get with um, when you when you get the chance to sit down and re and read something. Um, yeah, so no, I, I've been very very fortunate because he works in sort of such an intuitive sense. He really, I think, captured each chapter's essence. Yeah, um, I've been reading, uh, <laughs> rereading James Clavell's Shogun. Uh, mm. uh, I'm going to play Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> shortly. <laughs> and I thought that would be a good way to sort of uh, uh, look back. And it's a book from 1976, so. A lot of the ideas are outdated, and I'm sure that there are problems with the presentation of of J Japan and samurai yeah. culture. Absolutely. But th there's also some really beautiful moments and, and ideas. And the idea that a piece of art, once it's created, is has its own spirit. Yep. That it lives in the world, the, the same world that the spirits do, that the world of a, a, a kami or a ghost does. Mm. And I really really uh can see that uh, uh clearly particularly because of of uh of jai's work oh yeah it's uh you know it was uh one of the first thing that grabbed my attention as i was just first i just you know went to the brook and i was like these are amazing like oh my god <laughs> yeah. and i i could i could kind of picture what is going to be like to read the book uh because of this artworks so i was like ooh. I like this because I I am the uh, the big war fan. Like I I love war movies and I mm. I know a lot about war. So when I saw your book, I was like, hey, this is <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> it was written for me." <laughs> so like, and then I just you know I started reading it, and then I was like, "Yep, it's it's definitely a win for me." <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I'm I, I'm honored. I mean, I, I think that I come from sort of a you know my my generation. Post Vietnam, uh, we got uh, served up a lot of culture that promoted war uh, uh, in ways that were, were incredibly unhealthy. Yeah, um, I think the shame of of walking out of Vietnam and the things that we did and 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 failed to do there uh, colored culture for probably fifteen twenty years after that. Um, and you know, one of the the, the, the first time I, I really, my grandfather, my mom's dad, fought in the First World War. Um, mm. 
she was the youngest of seven and he died in the in the early 40s but he was 19 years old and uh, you know a pioneer infantryman for the US army in 19 late 1917 into 1918 and she lost uh cousin in Vietnam and, and, and the, the whole sort of that war had a huge impact on how she looked at the world. And she would get so frustrated by how much my brother and I loved all these war movies. She mm. said, look, at somewhere, if you're going to write a war movie, then the hero should die halfway through it. It should be a black screen the rest of the way, because that's what war is. It's the end of these young men, like yeah. done. Yep. Uh, and, and that had a profound impact on how I started to look at telling war stories later on. Mm. Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, instead of this sort of idea of this, uh, the, the appeal of, of, of uh, uh, testing yourself in the way that uh, young men are, are taught or are organically uh, drawn to, to the idea of testing your your strength against other men yeah. uh, and the toxic nature of that is uh, it, it, it is, I think, a story that's important to tell. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, lately, so to just kind of rail the conversation towards the movies as well, uh, there are more and more uh, war movies that include horror, like Ghosts of War was something that came out recently, Overlord and, and movies like that. Uh, yeah. Do you have a plan? on making your books into maybe a TV series or, or a movie? <laughs> you never know. I, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, look, I, I think the initial idea when I, when I realized what I wanted to write, mm. uh, I did have conversations with um, studios and stuff about how it could be a show. Okay. Um, it, is, uh, it is very difficult to get anyone to say, yeah, we want to spend $10 million plus an episode yeah. uh, for a show from someone who's sold one uh, series as a writer and does not bring <laughs> uh, <laughs> 20 million viewers to the table. Yeah. Um, especially uh, at, uh, you know, it, when it's a dicey proposition. I mean, it, it is a huge lift. Uh, it would require uh, perfection from the directors and whoever came in to adapt it into a show mm, yeah. um and uh because the last thing you want uh, when you think of it from a novelist's point of view the last thing you would want would be a subpar adaptation yep absolutely. Um, the, the, what's the uh oh the guy it recently uh oh god what is it um oh, I, I guess probably better even not to name names there's an author who's like they made my they bought my books, they made them into the worst series of movies ever, and it just, like, it, it embarrasses me every time I think about it. Wasn't that uh, the, the Percy, Percy Jackson? Yes, Percy yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick Royden. Then. Rick Royden, there so, you go. He's, he's, so been very, um, he's been very public about his, his dislike yep. for, for those, those movies that they made out of his books. Yeah, well, as a writer, you are in a position of having very little power when it comes to that. Mm. Um, so I settled into the idea of you know, make the time, write the five right. books. It mm -hmm. will either find an audience or it will not. If it finds a really, really big audience, then maybe you have some power over what the, that adaptation would look like. Mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't find an audience, it's not going to be a TV series or a series of films or anything mm. anyway. 
but I know that I have to, having begun it, I, I uh, intend to get to the end of it and do it to the best of my ability. And, uh, and I can't control anything. Mm. When you start to imagine controlling things that you have zero control over, mm. you get yourself into all kinds of uh, headaches and heartbreaks. Oh, yep. It's <laughs> very true. It, it is. <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. truest thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, I, I said this to Lily, there were times uh, well, reading it that I feel like it reads, like there are elements of it that feel kind of scripty to me. So I think mm-hmm. it yeah. would make a really good TV show if, if that were to ever become uh, a thing. Yes, and uh, we, are, we are happy to help well. you <laughs> work on it and, you know, we can do runner jobs and I am excellent at dying, <laughs> just, you know, just putting it out there. <laughs> Perfect. There would be a lot of death. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be great if it ever finds that... Uh, world but but i i can't all i can do is all i can control and 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 sometimes that's a, a you know a dicey bargain is myself um and uh and and what i do in the world and and you know and then you just have to be patient and take it as it comes mm. um because mm. most of the time it doesn't work out that way <laughs> and you have to be able to accept the victory the same way you accept the defeat otherwise Life just goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And that's, uh, I've lived enough of my life like that to, uh, to, to, to not want that to be my daily mode of operation. <laughs> I understand that completely. Yep, 100%. Um, uh, you've been in so many TV shows throughout the years. <laughs> yeah. that I, it just we, we looked through your filmography. Obviously, we, we watched a lot of those TV shows because Katie and myself as well, we, we love TV shows yeah uh, you were in one of my favorite ones which is eli stone and i was heartbroken <laughs> when they canceled that i was like no don't take it away uh but uh you know it's it it breaks the question as uh what inspired you to become an actor uh i really early on <laughs> cut off any other venues of possible advancement <laughs> i uh i get that one I knew what I wanted to be uh, early, mm. uh, and that was a sword fighter. I wanted to oh. be a, a fencer. And I was. was like, I noticed the sword that's hanging up oh, behind yeah, you. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna ask yeah. you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Two. There's a. There's a samurai sword up there. Over there's another oh, rapier. Oh, there. cool. Um, I. Uh, so in fourth grade, I convinced my mom to let me take this nineteen. I don't know. In the nineteen late nineteen seventies. Um, uh, early 1980s, to, that I would take the subway alone into Washington, D.C., <laughs> uh, walk from the subway to the fencing instructor and take fencing classes. Oh. Uh, no, fifth grade. And, uh, and so she was like, okay, because this was, you know, this was, I don't know, I would never <laughs> let my kid do it. She's in fifth grade. I'm like, yeah, take the subway into D.C. alone and go take fence class. We'll, we'll pick you up when you're done. My mum wouldn't let me go into town without, like, if I were to go anywhere else, she's like, you have to text me if you leave anywhere and go yeah. to a different location. I need to know where you are at all times. It was a different, I certainly didn't have a phone. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was a, uh, yeah, we, we ran free. Like, basically, in the summer, mm. we would the house in the morning and come back at, at 6.30 for dinner, you know, bloody yep. and scraped. But, you know, it was, a, it was, we were, we survived it. It, it worked out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I, I, it was, it was, I was like, I either want to be Harrison Ford or I want to be a, an Olympic level fencer. And so uh, 
I gave up fencing when I got cast as the lead in the school play. And I was like, well, this is, this is the thing. I can do all the sword fighting and never actually, uh, and it looks a lot cooler than just fencing. And, you know, and, and, and I, was, uh, I was hooked. So I sort of held on to that through my teenage years uh, mm. as best I could, uh, while also running off the rails in every other way you could possibly imagine. Somehow <laughs> survived that to reach, uh, you know, 19 and moved to Los Angeles and, uh, and crashed right into a brick wall and ended up with everything I owned strapped my motorcycle on uh, Hollywood Boulevard thinking, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> like, well, because you're 19 and you have no idea how to survive in the world. Um, and it was a great sort of uh, uh, learning curve in terms of uh, realizing, oh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I do not know. Mm. And, uh, and I was really fortunate to... Uh, make my way back across the country to Virginia uh, and, uh, uh, and get, uh, get my act together. And I, I started working with uh, Washington Shakespeare Company at the time and then nice. started touring, you know, spent two years touring with uh, American Shakespeare Center out of Virginia. We toured the whole US and Canada. And all of a sudden I found myself like teaching at universities, teaching workshops, and then, uh, apprentice to a stage combat uh, maestro at, at Shakespeare and Company in Berkshires in Massachusetts and had two of the best years of my life getting paid $250 a week to Aww. do what I absolutely love. Mm, that's awesome. Then New York, then Los Angeles uh, with a much better uh, head on my shoulders and <laughs> uh, knew how to wash dishes and do laundry <laughs> and be a responsible, decent yep. human being. And it all, all, very all seems to have worked yep, out okay. Yep. <laughs> The essence of life. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's the that's the the the, the short uh, the short version, I guess. I, I love that. Was was there any movie that inspired you to go more oh, towards man. you know the screen? Uh, <laughs> I, I I mean I love the film of the 1970s and the and into the 80s, mm -hmm. uh, the Godfathers, and the, uh, yep. you know at least the first two. Yep. The third one would just sort of pretend that didn't happen. It, it Raiders didn't of happen. the Lost Ark. Yep. I mean, the, you know, I pretend that the other Indiana Jones movies didn't happen either. <laughs> uh, uh, I was thinking about, you know, like a movie like The Mission. Do you know The Mission? Oh, Jeremy yeah. Irons and, yes, and yes, Robert yes, De Niro. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm going to uh, look it up. <laughs> it is a, a phenomenal film. Uh, mm. uh, and that's the kind of film that was getting made before they realized they could make a billion dollars off a film if it was not challenging. Mm. Um, it, it is a it, sort of the long and the short of that is it's a study of the, it's about the, the sort of rape of the new world by the Portuguese and, and the, 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 the Spaniards in South America. Yeah. And, uh, and it is a very unhappy ending, but it introduced me to all of that history. So the sort mm. of the storytelling of that culturally, uh, was uh was profound in terms of looking at the world in a new way and i don't see big movies getting made that tell those kind of stories yeah I, i would love to see, you know i loved 1917 but it yes. does not and it introduces us to that war and that time period really well but not at the not with the historical context not with an understanding of 
these are the things that led to a war that was absolutely pointless for everyone involved, and they just kept at it so that they could find a way to declare victory, and all these people died mm. for nothing. Yep. Um, and so, but then in the, the mission, in two hours, they tell all of that history within that encapsulated time, uh, uh, space and time. Mm. Um, and I would love to see a World War I movie that accomplishes that, but you can't, nobody's going to pay, nobody's going to put out the money to do that well enough at this point to tell a story that may not have the appeal that 1917 had. Mm. Um, in terms of like you leave the theater really fucking depressed, yep. <laughs> which is necessary it in, is. in sort of teaching. <laughs> uh, it's necessary to, uh, but that's not what they want to make. Um, and yeah. so even even writing The Reckoning, I had to sort of say, OK. The horror is the hook, mm. the idea that you can compel uh, uh, an audience to, and entertain them uh, and then along with that to be able to give really uh, sharp bites of, of history in with it is is what is driving me as a as a storyteller i mean it okay. it, it definitely comes to uh, i was surprised as as how many facts you were able to put in even though i'm just you know not even at half through the book and i was like that that is awesome to me you know yeah. like uh like for me uh uh personally one of my all-time favorite movies is saving private ryan uh, and uh, we talked about this with Katie that especially the beginning when they showed the D-Day, uh, you know, that it, it is just so well put together and it's it's horror. It's pure horror of, of the war yeah. and everything. And uh, and I kind of miss that too lately in, in movies as of like, you know, portrayed as, as it is, like like mm. show it to us. And, and I think one of the best uh tv shows that 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 did it was uh, band of brothers which is also yeah. spielberg and hanks um so you know like it's it's that's why for me i honestly just cannot wait to go back and read your book because it's it's refreshing <laughs> to to have basically everything that i i always looked for in there and and uh, being that historical being that horror which i love <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's that's my gem <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know it's like I'm I'm not gonna take down my beanie, but let's let's pretend I took it down and just take a hat off. I mean, thank it's, you. Uh, it's awesome, honestly. Please, uh, as you make your way through it, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts or questions or anything as, as it goes. Um, uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, the 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 idea of uh, the difficulty I think of being a novelist. And it, this is my first time being a novelist. If there's a difficulty, it is uh, creating the piece and not knowing if it's getting seen because it is a difficult market to make your way into without mm. sort of being Stephen King. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and, uh, and you do not want to sort of create a piece of art and have it exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's, uh, but it's funny, Eli Stone, uh, uh, he is one of, the the absolute most genuine uh, uh, stars of a show that I that I've ever met. Oh, that's so good to hear. Weeks, <laughs> I, I, I only worked with Johnny for like uh, two days, and, yeah. and and he was lovely and welcoming and and everything that you want when you show up Aww. on a set. Uh, but then, it had to be two and a half weeks later, I was uh, running in the trails in Griffith Park, 
And he came down the hill <laughs> and he said, hello, Jeffrey. <laughs> it's like, what, how the fuck did you even remember my name? Much less that we're totally out of context and passing each other. I mean, it just, it was, uh-huh. it was an incredibly genuine experience. And I think said a great deal about who uh, uh, he is as, as a human being. So it was a, that, that was a, a lovely little experience. Oh, that warms my heart. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I am, I know, because I'm, I'm very good at this and I, I, I made it sure to go through and, and have a look and see what you've done before. But I was kind of going through and being like, oh my God, Criminal Minds, Castle. Uh, my mum watches a lot of NCIS Los Angeles. And then we both, because I was going through and kind of talking about this with my, my mother before we, and we both pointed out that you're in the Tomorrow People, yep. which we both loved when it was on. Um, yeah. We were sad that it didn't get to, to go on for um, any mm. longer than it did. Me too. It was a great bunch of people too. Yeah. I mean, Night Shift, uh, you've been in everything. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like, oh my God, so many things. Like, it, it must be so awesome to, to, to do these uh, TV shows. Like, we just had a conversation with Rick Worthy, uh, who's a dear friend of mine. And, you know, it's, he's been in many things as well. And he, he, he said that it's the experience is is so deep sometimes that it's it's worth it like you know it's he loves going around and just do different things because it's always a new experience yeah, yeah it, you know I, I think that it's interesting because I think hollywood has this reputation of, well you know that that, that uh, uh people are uh, uh difficult and you run into assholes all the time and and the truth is the number of people that i've met who've been difficult to work with is it's in the single digits the low mm. single digits mm. most of the people that you 99 percent of the people that you come across on any set are just lovely grateful to be there that's so cool. hard working and and devoted to what they do and just because look <laughs> no one wants to hire an asshole yeah because they know what they're getting and they know that they're gonna have to deal with them after five days of you know 10 12 14 hour days and you don't want to subject yourself or anybody else around you to that kind of abuse. Absolutely. Um, so uh, fortunately, yeah, we see a lot of assholes. Uh, 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 we, we, we see, when people act badly, uh, mm. we find out about it. Um, and it has an impact on, on their careers and, and it, it, it lowers the chances of your ever having to come into contact with them as a working actor because nobody wants that around. Yeah. Um, so I feel really, really, fortunate to have have had a a a, a, a long standing pleasant experience as an actor uh, it is uh it's been good fortune it's been you know uh, uh forcing myself to get up and do the things that i know i need to do mm. which i think everybody can uh, uh can uh uh understand uh in terms of the way that you approach the world but uh it, it's all sort of worked out really better than i could have imagined um mm. uh, uh I'm, I'm i'm very grateful for and and you know and video games in particular oh, i yes <laughs> uh, have loved being involved with that uh working with uh naughty dog uh has been in many ways the highlight of my career because I don't think I've ever done anything that was so universally um, successful in mm. what the uh, Neil wanted to do, what Naughty Dog wanted to achieve with it. They, you know, rarely do you sit down and say, this is what we're, 
we're going to do. This is what's going to feel like. This is what's going to look like. And it executes exactly what, uh, what the artist's intention was. Um, so it's a, I, I think that I would put my experience in games up with anything that I've experienced in, in TV and film in terms of yeah. the pleasure of the, of the experience. I was curious as to whether or not you were more of a, a film or a TV person. Oh, yes. Uh, just sort of generally speaking, uh, in terms of like what you like to consume rather than what you like to be in. Although what you like I, to be in is also good to hear too. Yeah, both. <laughs> I, uh, I am uh, I'm happy whenever I get hired. So I'm, I'm generally okay with whatever comes. Um, I, these days, I mean, I, I think that the streaming model is stunning. Uh, the ability to tell story in a cinematic way, mm. episode by episode, uh, 10, 20, you know, six, uh, 30, 40 hours uh, is, uh, is, is, I think, the ideal way for us to be able to consume story uh, uh, these days. Yep. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, but I'll go back and watch The Godfather or mission or any marlon brando uh montgomery cliff movie anytime mm-hmm. um uh, y- you know I, I don't see it's it's happened you know it, it's ever you know unfortunately star wars which was the sort of cornerstone of my understanding of philosophy and film as a child yeah. ruined movies you know, you're not seeing Dog Day Afternoon or yeah. uh, 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 Serpico or uh, uh, they just don't make, they literally don't make Taxi Driver. Right. Um, yep. That's true. And, and even the Scorsese's of the world are asked to do something. Can you go further than that? Uh, can you make something, you know, epic? And it's like, well, I'd rather see Scorsese make a great $20 million film mm. uh, than $100 million. Let's see what he would do with that at this stage in his career. Yeah. But they don't want to green light stuff like that. Uh, and, Anymore, yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. It's just not, they're just, because the idea is like, if it didn't make a billion dollars, how can it be successful? Absolutely. I, I've, I've spoken uh, about this many times about how much I miss like mid-budget, like, mm sort of movies yeah. uh, and how I, I wish that um, Hollywood would take more of a, a chance on, on original IPs um, yeah. and just like, like, I mean, John Wick came out, what, six years ago or something like that. It's kind of, that was kind of one of the first yeah. big action movies that had that mid budget um, uh, bracket that it yep. fit in. And that did very well, which is why it's now gone and done like four other movies. Five, but, four, like, five, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, it, it was, you know, a, it was an original story and it had a reasonably sort of sized budget and yep. it went on to be successful. And it's like, well, if, if you have this, if that's possible, why won't you go ahead and actually take maybe the occasional more risk? And obviously the answer is money because they, they don't care. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I think that, I think that video games are, the future of storytelling. And, and I don't know if, if video games will be the proper way to talk about it five years from now. Um, I, I don't see, you know, I, I love that they are making uh, an HBO show out of The Last of Us. Yes. I think that Chernobyl is one of the most Oof. stunning pieces of work. Uh, it is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfectly written, perfectly cast, perfectly shot directed everything about it is uh, it was a, a a beautiful experience 
with Amen. Academy Award level performances mm-hmm. from everybody. everybody. Yeah, the Naked Miner. I was like, this guy. Why? Why is this not kind of getting? And me too. I mean, they, they, they really. It's just exceptional, and I think that 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 uh, it's interesting because I think about this a lot recently in terms of what storytelling is and why we need it as a species. Mm. And if you look back at sort of the earliest iterations of what storytelling would have been, it would have been an incredibly interactive medium. You either would have been part of the story around the fire Mm. or uh, a witness to some degree, but it was about sort of saying, okay, this is what our culture is. And this is, these are the things that we need as a group to survive. And this is how we pass that information on to our children and incorporate it into our way of looking at the world. Yeah. And that's still the purpose of story, but it's not something people put a lot of thought into, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like, uh, you know, uh, not to denigrate George R. R. Martin, but, you know, can I make these dramatic turns to keep the audience coming back as opposed to saying, no, this is what, this is the story we're trying to uh, uh, teach people with. And then the Greeks took that and expanded it and made it this massive experience. And the Romans ran with that. And then William Shakespeare is like, how do I make money and write a lot of plays and get everybody there and tell some good stories at the same time? Some classic stories, I'm just going to adapt them and keep feeding the sort of idea of of this uh, exchange, but also find a way to make money off of it, which Mm. was, I think Shakespeare's like, his main reason for doing what he did was like, let's let's all get paid and have enough money for beer after the show, uh, which is, you know, basically an actor's life uh, in general. Yep. How do we get paid to have yep. enough money for beer after the show? <laughs> um, but as we got into the world of like having a focused light on the stage mm-hmm. uh, where the audience was separated by the proscenium, the experience of being an interactive member of that experience it was, was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could sit back and be a passive uh, viewer, which is a horrible way to experience Shakespeare in general, because I don't think I've ever seen a good, ver- I mean, I saw like uh, uh, the, the, the brilliant Richard III, uh, uh, oh, yes. and it was the, it, but it was terrible. I fell asleep. It was like three yep. hours long, and there's, you know, you're not part of the action, whereas that's written to be, he's supposed to be talking directly to you, as Shakespeare would have intended. So we're supposed to interact with story. That's mm-hmm. sort of like in our genetic makeup. Video games are the one place besides live theater that's not in a proscenium where you can't. You are part of the story, where you expect it to be a part of the story, where the illusion is created that you are involved in the storytelling and involved in the experience. Yep. And I think that as long as there are, as long as there. Neil Druckmann is brilliant at as a storyteller, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that if we can understand that the medium needs storytellers of that caliber in all games, then games can suddenly become the place where we go to for a real artistic cultural exchange and an experience and a feeling that you leave it changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you walk into a, a movie theater. Uh, you walk into uh, uh, a play, you want to be moved and uh, changed by the experience. That's the entire purpose. Yep. If you're not, if you just had fun, if it was just, eh, then it was a waste of two hours. 
Because the idea is that you're going there to commune with your fellow human beings in a way where we can see the things that we have in common and be affected in ways that we're all capable of being affected. Understand that we're like an organic mass of what we think of as individuals, but we're all part of this same, uh, uh, we're all connected to each other in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I don't see that in the theater, I'm not going to go. If I don't see that in a movie, I'm not going to watch it. And, and for the most part, if I don't have that happening in a game, I'm not going to play it because it can be great. You know, the game experience can be fun. Yeah. But I want what I got from The Last of Us. I want what I got from The Last of Us Part Two. I want to be killed by it and oh. changed. You know? <laughs> Many times over. <laughs> Many times over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so much death. Yeah. It's uh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I was like, I'm metaphorically killed. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> both both ways works. Uh, both things happened. With it, it, I'm gonna yeah, be honest. It's if we are honest. Um, um, and you know, like uh, uh, talking about like uh, when you mentioned the theater and being interactive. Uh, while I did theater, for me, what was most important in all of the plays that we did is to interact with the with the audience. I was like, mm. there's there's no point in doing it for ourselves to just be on the stage if we are not going to yeah. bring in the audience. So, for example, we always made sure that uh, sometimes we would come down from the stairs from behind them and then, you know, just start talking to one of them and, and standing, yeah. stopping next to them or something like that. And and it works wonders. Like the audience enjoys not just sitting there and just, you know, just watching something that that plays in front of them, but actually feeling like that the characters are, are with them and they are part of the story. And uh, I I think um, uh, what you said about video games definitely is is I I agree on a hundred percent level. Like uh, the Last of Us is uh, is easily a huge experience I think for both of us with Katie. Uh, yeah, uh, I I I would show you, but I, I think it would end up being a bit iffy on the camera. But I literally have a Last of Us poster up there. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So. <laughs> We we are we are big fans and uh, and you know uh, you are awesome as Tommy. I, we just oh, have to oh, say it out loud. Like, come on! <laughs> uh, I was uh, very pleased to find out that you weren't dead after. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. Like, oh man! Although it it begs the question. He's not well how, though. How no, did not well. how did Tommy survive that shot? Uh, I mean, I think that the research that Neil did was that it was small caliber at such a short range okay. uh, that, uh, that it, that it just blew the clean shot through, uh, uh, came out the cheekbone and, mm. and, and so it was uh, like, more like down it's here. Like that, um, yeah. Uh, Raul, uh, Espo, um, Espanza plays a character in Hannibal who has a very similar yes. thing happen to him, where he gets like shot right through the face. Yeah. 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 Surviving. That there is, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the number of people who commit suicide, Shooting themselves in the mouth and miss their brain entirely. Yeah, and survive it. Yeah, it's a, so so there there is a, I think a precedent for it. Uh, uh, yeah, Tommy's just a lucky lucky motherfucker. Oh, I guess. thank God! Like honestly, <laughs> if, in if... terms of, of life, but uh, everything else that he has going on, I feel like yeah, he, uh, <laughs> no, a little bit snake bit. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, got a lot of uh, trauma all up in his in yeah. himself now. I think that yeah, he probably yeah, needs yeah. to work through properly. <laughs> yeah. Only there were therapists in the apocalypse. Yeah, they, they all died off a long time ago. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody, nobody's doing couch sessions. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Tommy. Tommy is one of the the uh, the has been one of the great joys of, of my career. 
you know, I, I love the people that I've got to meet through the experience mm -hmm. and to work with and, and, the, and the character really feels, uh, uh, it feels uh, human genetically part of me. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very easy fit. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was bad. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, I cannot personally imagine how it is like to work with mocap and, and things like, like, I love watching the behind the scenes for the last of us mm. or, or, you know, now many of the games are, are made like that. Uh, but what is it like to actually be on set and, you know, have these mocap suits on and, uh, I'm guessing it's much more different than than doing a movie or, or a TV series. Uh, I'll imagine uh, that with your experience in theatre, it's probably very similar to that, yeah. though, just with similar yeah. costumes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that ultimately it is much more freeing for the imagination mm -hmm. to not have all of the impediments, mm -hmm. uh, because at the same time as you have, you're in a kitchen and there is a coffee maker and there are actual real things there's sugar and they've done an incredible job of propping it's perfect um you're also having to sort of void the camera and the cameraman and everything else that's going on so yeah, there's yeah. sort of uh there is a, a an amount of your uh imagination that's spent imagining that they are not there mm -hmm. uh it's much easier on a bare stage with boxes and 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 spare props to let your imagination just run. Um, and so you don't have to think about this. It's all about the connection between the characters and 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 to the events that are occurring. So I find it uh, in many ways a, a simpler, mm -hmm. uh, much more like a kid just playing, which is what we're doing, except we do it with usually like costumes and props. Uh, but but uh, uh, in a mocap stage, you really are liberated if you, let it liberate i guess and be and the and and having a history on stage has been really helpful mm. i bet <laughs> so, yeah. um um and then uh, it begs the question is last of us your favorite game or do you play in general with you know i play I am not, uh, I would not say I am a gamer. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are just not enough hours in the day for me to satisfy that. Uh, uh, although I could be if, if, uh, if, if I had the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So I play the games uh, that I'm in and then sort of dip my, my toe in. Like I want to go through Tsushima. I cannot wait to play it. It's, it's been mm -hmm. uh, out for a while. Uh, and I, I think I should have some time next month to get into post-election. Unless yeah. we're, you know, in full revolution at that point. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, uh, but it's difficult for me to get engaged in something, like I said, like if it doesn't move me the way that The Last of Us did, and I mm -hmm. think that's a really rare thing, uh, I don't know that I have 15, 30 hours to devote to the journey. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. I want to be at this stage in my life uh, really, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I want to choose the things that are in front of me. I don't want to just dive in and devote time to things that are maybe going to end up feeling like that was an extraneous waste of time. Um, uh, and, and, and I think that I would say that I'm hopeful that the success of The Last of Us is not just giving Naughty Dog the chance to tell risky stories. I hope that other developers and I hope that other mm -hmm. big companies putting money out there will say, okay, we want to take some real, uh, uh, bold, decisive risks. We don't want to make these games by committee. We want to find 
our Neil Druckmann and let him or her, uh, you know, be the auteur. Uh, they're going to say, this is the story I want to tell. This is how I want to tell it. These are the people I'm bringing together to do that. You guys want to finance that? Let's, let's go make a game together. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way that video games will go beyond uh, uh, the, the standard, well, let's just make a billion dollars and let's let the executives uh, fuck it up in the process because they're risk averse. Yeah. Um, which is what happens. I mean, their job is to be risk averse because they're mm -hmm. spending other people's money, but that does not make them good creative arbiters of what's going to be, what's a good story to tell them. Yeah. So maybe people with a lot more firepower initially, uh, you know, maybe the James Guns of the world get into video games. Um, you know, <laughs> that these people who know how to take risks and have a track record just say, yeah, I'm going to do a game. Yeah. And I'm going to bring these people together and I want you to finance it because we're going to make a billion dollars telling stories that need to be told. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. hundred percent. So soapbox on games. <laughs> I, know, I, I know I'm um, somebody who, who uh, is a big uh, advocate for, for getting more people of a more diverse background to be yep. in these rooms where we can actually have them tell their own stories mm -hmm. because it's like one hand you, representation is incredibly important but that exists has to exist behind the camera as well yeah. or behind the you know creative team and what have you so that we end up having people who are telling authentic stories as opposed to having people hearing about their stories and trying to tell it through like another lens yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise you end up um uh, sort of filtering it down and, and it, then it becomes less than it should have been. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. I don't think you get um, a proper or authentic experience from somebody unless you have them tell it themselves and, and unless you let, let them ha take their team, put their team together and absolutely make it mm -hmm. from their perspective as opposed to just somebody else who's like, I like that idea. I'm going to use your story and make it into something from my perspective. It is a difficult needle to thread. I mean, I think that uh, I think that it is occurring, and I think that it, it can't be anything but healthful for society as as a whole. Um, you know, I you know, in my book, I had to say, okay, I am intentionally going to be looking at different cultures and different mm. races, men and women. Uh, and, uh, and, and using their stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how as a, you know, if I'm only going to tell story, the story of whitish men, <laughs> uh, I don't think that that's a story that the world needs. I no. think we've had the stories of whitish men. Uh, those have been our, uh, cultural lodestar for centuries. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, for me, in approaching the book and saying, well, I, I really feel like I need to be able to look culturally well beyond myself, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had to be very, very uh, aware that I was not exploiting or creating stereotypes Absolutely. Or, or working in a world where uh, uh, my point of view uh, as an ostensibly white man mm -hmm. was how was the lens that I was portraying them through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so I think that that's the, the line. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, but, but if it were to find life elsewhere, yes, like female yeah. director, diverse yeah. writers room, yeah. from all of those backgrounds. So that as that is taking place, 
uh, uh, you know, female producer, you know, so that, because then you've got, uh, then you've got a prism that you're viewing it through and you get a rainbow out of that experience. But until it is looked at and refracted through all of those ways, I don't think there'd be a way for it to, to, it should not find its way uh, uh, culturally from a white man's perspective because white men have not been (laughs) great for the world. And I think that I I certainly lean into an understanding of that in my storytelling. Um, And and hopefully the, the more history that I'm able if I'm taking responsibility for my cultural, historical background, uh, that I'm able to look without any blinders at what my fucking people done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, in able to, in order to, uh, you know, I, I guess filter that through mm. the view of all these other, you know, these other twelve characters from all these different worlds, uh, has been. Uh, has been, I think, the, the best part of the journey and the most important part of the storytelling mm-hmm. that I could bring to the table. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just, you know, like um, we, we talked about diversity and we will talk about diversity a lot more uh, in our podcast because uh, it's, it's, it's the most important thing uh, uh, to talk about. And uh, I, I said, Katie, this so many times that... Uh, I am glad to see that change is coming, but uh, also I am I am still there that you know it's it's like fest it up, just you know <laughs> just just bring it in just just faster Mom, faster we, we just more just just yeah. more. Uh, that's yeah. why I appreciate uh, that Lovecraft Country uh, is existing oh, yeah. because it is fucking beautiful. I don't have better words for it. It's so good. It is from the journey. From my start as an actor in Los Angeles in 1996 to now, mm. the industry has changed dramatically, and it, mm. it breaks my heart for you know my black brothers and sisters who did not have who had one opportunity for every 100 that I had, and yeah. were as talented and as focused and as driven. Mm. But it's a numbers game. Because you're not going to book 99 out of those 100. And if you get one shot for every 15, 20 that the white guy's going to get, how do you hold on? Uh, And so watching these, you know, in the the first few episodes, the sort of like generational level Mm. of of black actors who are amazing. Amazing. I mean, just breathtakingly Mm. talented from uh, the, 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 the young woman. I mean, they just are lovely, mm. talented, skilled craftsmen, yep. craftswomen as, as, as actors. So I, I, I am so glad to see that uh, uh, finally taking shape. And it just needs more and more and more and more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. I, I was uh, I, I always bring up this thing of like, um, I want to see more like like uh, whenever I talk about like mid-budget movies and like having uh, people from you know various backgrounds coming in and actually directing you know larger budget things, I'm like, when was the last time you heard of like a black woman um, directing a mid-budget like action movie? And then the old guard came out, and it was like, oh, there's one, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah. I mean, there's one. I'd like some more, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's uh, a good uh, beginning. Uh, what is uh, 
uh, Mudbone. Did you see yep. that? Yep. Oh, uh, I heard of that, but I heard I heard really good things about it as well. Young African American female director. She is absolutely. It is wonderful. It's in mm. that vein of like this is a mid budget film that is done to perfection. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it, it is. Uh, so I, I am excited about what's possible. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm not excited about what. Culturally, the past four years has been this, uh, I think, boomerang to that in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you see the sort of last gasps of people trying to hold on to a world that never was. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I'm hopeful that this is the last gasp. Uh, I'm, I'm in the South right now, and, uh, and there is a lot of hope down here that things are. On are headed forcefully in the opposite direction. That could all be betrayed in November third. So we'll see where yeah. people really actually are when they cast their ballots. Absolutely. Um, but I, but I think you can't hold it back. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, and and the 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 worst thing that these uh, uh, little white boys are doing is <laughs> is trying to stand in the way of a wave that is coming that that has already washed past them. Yep. And the inability to see the world through a new lens and understand that there's real joy and possibility for everybody mm-hmm. uh, is, is, uh, is embarrassing as hell. Yeah. And one uh, of the things I, I absolutely love about stories is their ability to create empathy through like experiences that we have not had uh, in ourselves. So yeah. being able to see stories about like lives that I have not led or that I, I don't really have any knowledge about it leads to a place where we are able to create more empathy for that in the real world. That's yeah. why I think representation is just so important wherever we can like find it. Yeah, I, I think a transformative moment for me as a human being was <laughs> in the middle of Schindler's List. I, I just was sitting in the theater uh, uh, weeping, just tears. Like, how do people learn to do this to each other? And it's what provoked my wanting to understand the First World War. To understand how did they get to that place, and uh, uh, I am I'm grateful every day for the way that art introduced me to that possibility, stirred emotions in me that I had shut off from early teen- teenage years up until that point, uh, and 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 opened my eyes to diving into a historical understanding of of you know what brought us to this point. Mm, absolutely. Uh, it certainly eventually brought me to the book. It's it, uh, that's got to be the purpose of what you go out to do. It, it can be laughter, it can be a comedy, but let's you know let's have a real experience as human beings together through culture. That's what film, television, video games. That's the purpose. Of it. That's why yeah. we do it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's, um, you know, going back to the games a little bit, uh, I think for me. Other than The Last of Us, uh, the other game that hit really hard was Detroit uh, Become Human, uh, Ooh, which is uh, an interactive g- game uh, in the best possible way, uh, in my honest opinion. And uh, I felt like that it is such a mirror to to our whole way of living and and how, you know, I mean the things that happen in there, and uh, you know how the android the the eyes decide to 
to rise up and and say that enough is enough. I mean, yeah, come on, and it it it, <laughs> it freaking broke my heart. Uh, yeah, to, to play uh, those parts because you can't help but think that this this was real. This is still real, and this is still something that that ha- that's happening in the world. Uh, well, and- uh, I mean, it sounds like sort of a, a it's a way to to look at, at at slavery, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's interesting. We're 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 talking on devices that probably had an element of mm. Forced or slave labor yep. in the construction of these fucking computers and phones and electronics and mm. and 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 we don't swallow that we don't uh, sort of uh, recognize that that's part of our day to day experience now uh, in mm. you know 2020 uh, and when will we be willing to sort of really digest that and 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 change it I I don't know. Because the people who sell these things are making a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> uh, too much money. <laughs> to be fair, it's like, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, an embarrassing amount of money. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a talk that can go on for like hours and hours. And I think what we can uh, say about it is that change is very much need- needed on so many parts of our lives uh but mm. uh yeah we, we definitely need more diversity we definitely need uh change uh to come and uh hopefully it's coming it's just fucking slow so speed up it's guys slow. <laughs> speed too up. slow go faster yeah <laughs> go faster yeah. um it's a gas pedal hit the gas yes yeah yes, just go driving with my dad dad you can go faster <laughs> and it says 30 30 is not the speed go 35 at least 39 Uh, (laughs) yep we can can leave with that i think um Mm. and now it's weird question time i love weird questions so you're gonna get a weird one uh excellent lady loves the weird questions yes (laughs) if we would have a machine uh that can put you in any single movie that you can think about what movie would that be and who would you play Hmm. uh i uh See, that's, that's an interesting question because then you have to sort of go down the level of like insecurity of like, well, could I pull that character off? Would that be good <laughs> enough to do that? Um, so if I were to sort of, uh, uh, because I, I, as an actor, you have to think pragmatically, what are they going to let me do? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm, if I am freed of that, I would you absolutely are? be, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that I could do it. But, you know, I, I wanted to be Indiana Jones oh, more God. than I wanted to be anything uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a, as a kid. So so I would definitely be experienced Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm not saying that I would be great in that part, but that's the, the, if I were just going to have an adventure and play that part and experience that world, it would be Indiana Jones. I think that's a really good answer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, and speaking I, of performances, Karen yeah. Allen in mm. that movie mm-hmm. is doing extraordinary work. I mean, the, you know, back to the 1970s uh, era of filmmaking, she came from that world and that is the level of acting. She deserved an Academy Award for that performance because she is brilliant in it. I agree, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Indiana, I mean, you did mention that you wanted to be Harrison Ford, so I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and then, started with Han Solo a, a plus B and rode straight C. into uh, <laughs> to a Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, I think you can nail Indiana Jones, you know, you would take a different take maybe. On, on, I don't on think game. anybody could do what he did in that film. Yeah. I mean, he just is, yeah, you know, forget about it. There are some roles like that. Sean Connery is Bond. Uh, those are, those are uh, you know, boy, Tom Selleck would have been terrible as Indiana Jones. Mm. That's, that's, that's very fair. For me, it's, it's Tom Hanks. Like, no one can beat Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. It's, it's like, nope, don't even try. Just, you know. No, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> unbeatable yep um uh, katie do you have a weird question as well i don't have any weird questions i've got normal questions ah, <laughs> katie you're not fun <laughs> uh, oh man I, I mean the one i really like hearing about is whether or not if there have been any movies in the, the past couple of years that have really excited you about that's just, a fair question like you know, movies in general, or even TV shows. Uh, it, or, I mean, we could talk about uh, video games, but I feel like Last of Us kind of um, carries that slot. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 1917 was was incredible. That yeah, was mm-hmm. technical achievement. Uh, but, oh, uh, Roger Deakins. <laughs> oh man, beautiful. I mean, they, they they don't have a. There's not a better uh, cinematographer. I'm just nope. It's stunning. Yeah, uh, and the level of detail I loved because I know that world so mm. uh, so well. I've done so mm. much research uh, that they just absolutely killed it. Um, Babylon Berlin, have you seen that? Yes, oh, I have not. Yeah, uh, personally, fantastic. It is uh, watch it uh, with the with the subtitles mm-hmm. with the German performances. Uh, they are doing great work as actors and. It is uh, uh, really impressive filmmaking. I think it's the most expensive thing they've ever done in Germany, and and uh, and I loved it. Uh, I love all that sort of Art Deco as well. So the the period is really interesting, and the time period historically, uh, as the sort of rumblings of of uh, Nazism start to come to the surface in the midst of a detective drama, uh, uh, I, I loved it. Uh, really, really uh, uh, exceptional. Um, yeah, I think those are my sort of two mm-hmm. big ones. Two of my big ones in the past uh, two, three years, I think. Okay. But, uh, I don't watch a lot of broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's because I've done so much of that for a living. <laughs> um, and most of the stuff that I try to sort of devour is, is, uh, is streaming these days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that's sort of... I think that broadcast TV, if it can't learn to compete with what's being done in mm. the streaming world, as long as they're based on a commercial model, it's very hard for me to sit down and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I yeah, love the, it. Fargo is yes. amazing. Yes. I heard really good things um, about Fargo. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, and, and, and very diverse in its storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale is, is, uh, is, is, is uh, some, some pretty perfect television, too. Mm. Um, yeah, that's sort of a, that's that's the, the the ballpark that I've been doing in, uh, for entertainment. That's fair enough. If, <laughs> it's a very if, good ballpark. If if you <laughs> like 1917 and you like the one shot movies, I will recommend one because I don't think many people know this. Uh, it's a German film called Victoria, mm-hmm. and it's completely well, one shot. I've heard about this. It's yeah. 
it's a mind-blowing film like or, or, or yeah. you are so confused at the beginning and you're like you're kind of bored at the beginning i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i was like eh, i don't know how i feel about this film and then it just switches halfway through and you're like Jesus Christ, what happened in this movie? Okay. <laughs> so I would say Victoria is, is definitely one of them. And uh, it was directed by Sebastian Schipper. And uh, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, you just okay. have to get through the the bit bit of a boring part. But uh, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. So I, I, good, I, <laughs> <laughs> I highly good. recommend it. I'll check it out. Yes. Thank and, you for the recommendation. And since you, uh, you know, you, you like, uh, apocalyptic and uh, kind of things. I would say Kingdom would be a winner for you. Oh, yeah. and, and I just Kingdom, recommend this. which 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 uh, Kingdom the uh, the the period piece or the the, the MMA the period piece the Korean okay. the Korean TV show. Okay. It's cool. My uh, one of my dearest friends, Jonathan Tucker, was in a show called Kingdom. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family drama on Netflix about the MMA world, and his work in that is uh, some of the finest acting I've ever seen. It's maybe not a show for everybody, but his performance is what I would tell any young actor to look at and say, if you can achieve that level mm. of charm and danger and uh, 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 charisma, then 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 you should be an actor. <laughs> uh, I love it's, that. It's, a, it's a stunning performance. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's on the list, but uh, I started with the zombie kingdom. So, okay, you know. <laughs> Me and my horror troops, I just have to have them. It's um, good. It's good. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask, because I am not sure, is, are your dads in the book, are they zombies? Uh, no. I think that... Uh, as you get further into it, that when we start to see the world through their eyes as well, mm -hmm. um, it is something that I don't know that's been done. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so that sort of starts to find its way in over the course of the books. I don't want to. I don't want to give you a spoiler, but the, yes, we Fair these enough. are not <laughs> uh, these are not just sort of uh, ravenous. Uh, uh, thoughtless creatures they are uh, uh they are us that's even scarier yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah because when I, I i read the prologue and you know there's that scene in there i was like are these zombies mm -hmm. it's because yeah. it, it, it kind of felt like they are zombies but i i, I believe you I, I mean you wrote no, no, it no. So. it's the the uh the uh they, they are uh certainly undead mm. um but the i but but it is not uh in the there there's there are calculations oh, okay that they, there is a that they, they, they are purposeful in their deeds mm -hmm. and in their thoughts and we do very much end up living inside of their experiences over the course of the journey which brings you know another half dozen characters into the mix mm -hmm. Um, but they're sort of, but, but as we sort of start to uh, experience their uh, uh, rising up, I think it brings a, a really interesting, unique uh, perspective to it and gets us into more history in ways that I think uh, are really uh, open, open the door for, for what happens in the two. 
Oh, I like I that. Have to read some more tonight. <laughs> yes, me too. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I kind of figured because it was also in the prologue uh, when the she wolf bites Harry, uh, yeah. and then you know he comes back and and there's these visions of of past lives. I guess mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it it was like, oh, that this is like really interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, to look at and and you know I think that's why my question at the beginning came that this could be I I could imagine this on on my TV watching it as a TV show because it's it's mm. it's such a unique look uh, at at this world and I I just love it I'm I'm a fan yeah, well, as you can tell. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the nice thing is I have no constraints over what the budget would be, so I can just make paint as big as uh, I want to. Uh, but yeah, achieving just that opening sequence as we travel into into Harry's new experience uh, 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 would be really expensive. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, 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 the the uh, the sort of. A lot of the the conceptually uh, uh, sort of Dante's Inferno uh, informed it, so mm. bringing you know the, so I'm able to sort of track like what these sort of uh, you know the she wolf is part of the beginning of 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 uh, of the journey into the the sort of uh, into the Inferno, uh, yeah, part of the sort of precursor on on the Good mm. Friday in, in Dante's Inferno. So I wanted to sort of being able to draw from those things and make them feel practical in mm. the storytelling was, was uh, one of the, the, the fun parts of writing. I bet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool, honestly. Uh, you can pick up Jeffrey's book uh, from many places, thank God. I uh, picked myself up uh, from Book Deb. I can't say the word. Uh, <laughs> then thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, if I'm uh, correct that I saw it on Amazon, as well? Yeah, I got mine off Amazon, so it's, it's, I think it's, yeah. on. it's so, on Amazon. Um, you can go to the website, thereckoningseries.com, uh, okay. and you can see all of the art uh, in the gallery section there. See all the art in full color. Um, and there's, uh, there are some excerpts from the audiobook. Mm. And uh, 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 the audiobook is on Audible. I think you can get it free if you do a free 30 day trial. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so get it for free if you can. Um, and, uh, and I did all the voices in the book, which was process <gasps> unto itself. Ooh, um, but yeah, the, 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 the website, the reckoning series.com is, is a, is a, is a very good place to start. Yes. Spectacular. Uh, we will put everything in the description below. And, yeah. uh, before we go, uh, on our happy ways, uh, Jeffrey, do you have a recommendation, uh, for our watchers and listeners of any film or TV show that you want them to to definitely see a hundred percent. TV show or movie that, that that you have to see. Uh, oh, this. Uh, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's go back. Uh, uh, the Young Lions. Oh, with that- Marlon Brando and Dean Martin and Montgomery Clift. Okay. It is uh it is the it is a World War II uh black and white. Um Maximilian Shell, I think, is in it as well. Uh and it is the story of uh uh Rando plays uh, uh an officer in the German army and Dean Martin and Montgomery Clift are American soldiers, and it traces their sort of 
journeys back and forth over the course of the war until they finally uh, confront each other in the final days. And it is some absolutely masterful performance. Um, so yeah, so it's not a movie that a lot of people have seen. I have no idea if it's available like to download for streaming. You might have to find a DVD somewhere, but it is. Uh, uh, it comes from the sort of the height of those those uh, those uh, great uh, artists. Oh, I yeah. like that. I haven't seen awesome. it. This is one of the yeah. first war movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, good. I think for you'll you. Be... It's yeah. something new. I like it. Um, Jeffy, thank you so much for coming on our thank show. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You truly it's honored us. Uh, it, it was great talking to you both and, and uh, wish you nothing but success with the, uh, oh. with the journey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very we much appreciate it. That. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, once again, thank you for Troy, David and Tom for allowing us uh, to be on their platform. And uh, you can watch this on YouTube. Uh, and you can listen to it on our Anchor platform, which we're also going to uh, post in the description. And this was yep. a fun talk, and I truly enjoyed it. Uh, go buy Jeffrey's book. It's fucking amazing. Yep. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and uh, play The Last of Us. Like, Obviously. It, it, wait, Absolutely. the other, other side. I'm glad at this point. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. And uh, yeah, uh, take care. Wear your yeah, mask. Yeah, you uh, the pleasure. <laughs> Stay safe, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.